0: So I'd I, I say, you know, if there are any sort of recommendations, that's the number one. It's it's more about the people than it is the work, and the work always follows after.
1: Welcome to the Inspire podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Egnall, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word, well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. In just six months, the entire world has changed. And for us at the Humphrey Group, the world of leadership and communication has changed. Now, some things have stayed the same, as in the need to be an inspiring, intentional communicator. But the ways that you go about that are evolving at breakneck pace. You know, Zoom, Microsoft Teams, uh, Skype meetings are now the bread and butter of how we reach people. And that poses both huge challenges and tremendous opportunities, which only now we're beginning to become clear. And we at the Humphrey Group have been hard at work uh, tackling what it means to amplify your leadership during this time. And as part of that, we have engaged in great conversations with our clients. And today's guest, uh, who is a senior executive, longtime client of the Humphrey Group at CGI, joins me to talk about six months in what they are learning about the opportunities and challenges of inspiring during a virtual world. So hope you enjoy my conversation today with Rick Davidson. So my guest on today's episode of the Inspire Podcast is Rick Davidson. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast. I'm very happy to be here. Glad I have the
0: opportunity to uh, to do this with you today. I've never been on a podcast before. Oh it's
1: your first one. We'll do yeah I'll do my best. I'll do I, my best. I feel honored to uh, to be your first Podcasts and podcast hosts, so welcome. Well, right back at you, right back at you. (laughs) So, Rick, before we we dive into the topic, CGI, it's it's a huge company, but I don't think a lot of people know just how broad its reaches in Canada and the world. So, tell us a bit about CGI and and um, why it's uh, probably in everyone's professional life.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. CGI is by far Canada's biggest IT company. We're uh, one of the biggest IT consulting firms in the world. Uh, the majority of our uh, revenue actually comes outside of, from outside of Canada, even though our head office is here in Canada. And uh, we've been around for just over 40 years, grown through acquisition, and have much larger operations in the U.S. and Europe uh, than we do here in Canada. We have big offices in Asia, particularly in India and Australia. And uh, it's a fun place to work. We, Our, our role... Our goal here at CGI is how can we help our clients, our partners, um, you know, use technology to deliver services for their clients.
1: And uh, we've been doing that successfully for 40 years. Let's just take a step back. Cause you, I know you haven't always been at CGI. What's, um, what's the story that led you to CGI? Um, I've always been in the technology space. I've been fortunate, I'd
0: say to, uh, to land in technology, which is something, you know, I, I didn't think I wanted to get into growing up. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, I'm, I'm, I've, I was very lucky, I guess you'd say, to, uh, to have the opportunity to, to get into technology because over the last 25 years or so, I've just really seen how much technologies and projects through technologies can truly make things more efficient and, uh, and help us and help our companies and even help ourselves you know, lead better lives, and and some of that I'm going to talk about today in the you know how, about COVID and, and the communication of COVID. Uh, you really, when you roll up your sleeves and you, you get your hands right into the guts of of things that uh, you're building to change things, you, you learn a lot, and uh, and it's it's been fun. So yeah, now throughout the career working at many of the big banks, and was fortunate to uh, to have my own uh, small ish company with a, with a partner that CGI eventually acquired. And they bring in the the they find CGI. We find expertise that we think will help our clients, and we go and buy those companies, and that really helps us grow and helps us deliver solutions. So, hmm. so it's been fun. And you know, it's funny. I hear your dog in the background. Yeah. my dog's sitting <laughs> on my feet, and that's that's one of the that's things. That's world we're in now, right? <laughs> that is the world we're in. And you know, and it's and, and that's kind of interesting too. It uh, it uh, it it connects us quite well with the people we're talking to because you can say, hey, how is your dog? And and, you know, how old is your dog? And based on the bark, you know, you can almost tell the size of the dog and that type of thing. And
1: I'll put it to you. How old? How old, I have a nine-year-old dog. Yeah. What kind of dog yeah, do definitely. you think I have?
0: It's got to be a poodle, a poodle, I'm thinking, or a, a lapso or a sheepoo or I don't know. What is, what is she? Or is
1: she's, he? she's a small one. She's an eight-pound miniature dachshund.
0: Oh, <laughs> miniature dachshund. Yeah, oh, small you
1: but mighty. So... Yeah, in the in the space of the last few seconds, I just she demanded to be in the room here. I guess she she's a podcast <laughs> fan. She's crawled up. We have steps for her to go up to the bed, so she climbed into the bed yeah. and she's burrowed. So, and how about your dog? So we, have did, an so we, we have just, an we audience. We have an he audience. Yes, no, like, right. no pressure, Rick. No pressure. No, I'll try to do better. I'll try to do better for the dog show. <laughs> But it is it is true. I think technology has you know this is a great example of both the perils and opportunities. You know, the, obviously it's not the um, the quiet professional offices that i normally record the podcast in but it's also a chance to uh get to know each other a little bit deeper and particularly i mean you and i go back 15 years but for those who you may be meeting someone for the first time i find it really humanizes people to uh to see family to see pets to see where people live so it's uh
0: but and you know what to jump right into the uh to COVID and to that exact point I mean, some of the things that we're doing here, which we'll talk about throughout this podcast, is, you know, people are getting lonely. It's tough being home for all of us. I mean, this was such a sudden change. All of a sudden, I think it was March 11th or somewhere around there, the NBA announced the suspension of their season. And that changed everything. And it's funny how the announcements of the cancellation of an NBA season just caused everything, the stock market, the way we, we, we go to work, the way we commute to work. You know the way we shop and the patterns when when you couldn't find flour in the grocery stores a couple of weeks or or maybe within a week after that, and um, you know that was a, a sudden wake up call for all of us. And now four months later, four four and a bit months later, you know you and I are sitting at home with our dogs by our feet, working long full days, and we're maybe getting used to some of this new normal. But the transition, and I'd say even still now, it's been it's been stressful, and I think that for people to be able to deal with their stress by sharing things that are important to them, like their pets. I mean, here at CGI, we've had, uh, we've had, uh, competitions on cutest pet competition <laughs> and, uh, or funniest looking pet competition. And it's amazing how many people are excited and proud to share funny pictures of their dogs and cats and birds and parrots and hamsters and all of those type of things. And, uh, and I think we need those things. I think the interesting thing is we need those things to deal with some of the anxiety, I'd say, of uh, of change.
1: So you've and, talked uh, about when COVID hit the the shock uh, that hit talk a bit about and the loneliness that now has emerged. If we go back to that that uh, cancellation of the NBA season, the move to work from home, what were you know, if you if you thought about a couple of the big challenges. That you at CGI were suddenly presented with, what would they be? Yeah, it's a great question.
0: You know, it's funny. The um, we all react to things. I mean, that's what we do. And in, in a company like ours, and I guess all of us, uh, all of us solve problems in one way or another. And, and at CGI, we we solve, we help our clients solve problems to deliver better services for their clients, usually through technology. And being a technology firm, one of the first things that we did, and I would count this as an early win, is we. Uh, we doubled and tripled down on our investment in technological tools to work from home. So we said, you know, if we're gonna be at home and over 50% of communication is nonverbal, you know, we need the proper tools to work effectively together. And, uh, you know, in our case, we we purchased Microsoft Teams enterprise license. There was already plans in the work. We were already a user of Slack and some other tools, but we decided to, uh, To as a corporation by Microsoft Teams. And it's a game changer. I can't stress enough just, and I'm sure everyone on this podcast is is now, they probably never heard, most of us never heard of Zoom. And now everybody knows what Zoom is. Everybody, you know, and we've used WebEx in the past, Cisco's WebEx product. And, uh, you know, now we've used it a lot more. And, you know, the amount of Zoom calls, I'm sure you, or I would guess you and and most, if not all of our listeners, have had their Zoom parties. And and even my parents, who are grandparents now, they're they're not young anymore. They're Zooming all the time. A different type of Zooming, I guess, in the year 2020 than maybe in the past. But uh, it's it's interesting how effective the tools are to help us not just be more productive in our meetings, but more importantly, in my opinion, how it helps us actually deal with the loss and
1: and us craving social interaction Mm -hmm. so let's talk about about that second part because so you you saw the challenge of the infrastructure and in some ways that's the easiest one you know you you write the check you roll out the software boom how do you then deal with the loss of connection what what did you find and how did you tackle it
0: yeah, I think that as, as we were just saying there, the loss of connection is the bigger issue. And even with the tools that we have now, and even as we're all getting used to this four and a bit months in, I still think that's a big gap that we're still trying to fill. And where we focused our time in my business unit or my, my area of CGI is right from the beginning, tools aside, although we use them, it's all about the member. What do we need to do to support each other while we're apart? And for some people, it's tougher than others. You know, some people are, are new immigrants. We have a lot of people who've come over from different countries, particularly South Asia. And they've come to Canada by themselves. Their family is still over in India. And they're, you know, they're here in a, in a small condo, possibly uh, somewhere in the GTA. And, you know, it's, it's hard enough being at home with, uh, with family should you live with your family. But I would argue it's even tougher when you're in a foreign country by yourself and your family's across the world in a scary time. And it's not just for them. It's for all of us because we all deal with, with, uh, with change differently. But I, I, would, I would believe that it adds anxiety to all of us. So it's critical that we do things. And right away, we started to focus on health and wellness. So I can consider this another win. So we have uh, in our company, I think like many big companies, we have a group. We call it Oxygen here. Their mandate is for health and wellness, mental, physical uh, etc so we did health challenges right away within the first week you know I sent out or my team sent out you know here's some exercises that we can do at home here's the things that we can do during our lunch break or in the mornings or in the evenings and every week we're sending out different types of home fitness ideas and then very soon after it was like it's not just the physical fitness it's also the mental fitness and, and unfortunately we already had a program to deal with that and we just continual reminders to everyone that uh, here's the number, here's the website, here's the the places that you and your family can go to as part of CGI to to talk to somebody. And, And probably at around the same time it was, well, let's try to make it fun and let's do these crazy contests. So we did a crazy hair day and as we'll all remember, you know, two months in when the when the hairdressers and barber shops were still closed, mm-hmm. you know, our hair was quite interesting. Mine for sure was. I, I think I won the honorable mention.
1: I think I, I saw it on the hair. Zoom call with yeah, you. Yeah, oh yeah, you would have seen it. It was horrible.
0: There's no doubt about that. And my hair's not good at the best of times. So think about it during COVID. And uh you know, and I think the, the member of ours who won had his daughter and, and between the two of them, their hair was probably <laughs> three feet tall when they brushed it all out. It was pretty cute. But, you know, things like that, trivia contests. Right. I encourage all of our team leaders, no matter what their level within the organization, to get their teams together once a week for, you know, Zoom coffee or Zoom beer or whatever it is that they want to do. Um, you know, the one-on-one sessions, which is always important in normal times, has, is critically more important during covid And it takes discipline and it takes work. You know, you have to schedule these things. You have to ensure that, you know, you're making the time to reach it. And I'll tell you a 15 minute one on 15 minute one-on-one when you're looking at each other across the screen. And it's not just, how's your project, what's going on? Although that's important when it starts with how you're doing, what's happening with the family, you know, that, that's the stuff we miss because we get that as we walk into a building and say hi to the, you know, maybe the security guards in the morning or you talk to your receptionist or you get to bump into your colleagues you know that stuff's just not happening i mean when we're walking down the street with our dogs we're walking out around the street you know to get around our neighbors even though we might have known them for 10 years because you know we're not allowed to be within what is it six feet or two meters from each other so so I, I i say you know if there are any sort of recommendations that's the number one it's it's more about the people than it is the work and the work always follows after
1: It's fascinating to to hear you say that, you know, because I think it that you have an organization that very much made the transition to executing the work, but it sounds like what you realized the blind spot that you had to tackle quite quickly was the well being, the health, and then ultimately the the interpersonal. Were there any, you know, as you got in, you know, a month or two into this, and you start to draw these conclusions, were there any areas where you felt like boy, we really whiffed on that or or we've, we've missed something, you know, as you settled into a month or two of, of virtual communication?
0: That's a great question.
1: And of course we made some errors
0: uh, and they're not always, uh, you don't always realize them right at the time, but a couple of months in we definitely did. You know, we assumed that we would all just figure it out. We're problem solvers. We, uh, we were all adjusting to this new normal, quote unquote. And, We were having our meetings through the different technology tools that we had, through phone calls, through text messages, and it seemed to be working well. But what we didn't appreciate was just how long the day had gotten. You couldn't find everyone's time to work, so you'd book a meeting at 7 or 7.30 in the morning, then you'd book them at 6 or 6.30 in the evening. And for many of us, you'd have meetings all the way through the day, and you'd just pray that you'd have a half-hour gap, which would give you a chance to run into your kitchen and grab a sandwich or or do what needs to be done. So, and we found that some people, especially those who had young children, older parents, were really struggling because they felt that they, in some cases, couldn't put their hands up to say, hey, I'm sorry, I I just, you know, they, they felt guilty possibly that I just can't take a meeting right now. And there was many meetings through the lunch hour so it was only a couple months in or, or so that we said, let's mandate a schedule because we all need it. Um, and, you know, let's not have meetings between 12 and 1 unless it's absolutely urgent. And let's stop meetings at 5 or 5.30 so that people can get dinner for their children or whatever they need to do. And especially single parents, but anyone, you know, many, many people were struggling with that balance. And think about it from a, a young parent's point of view. I know you have some young children yourself. You know, there's the schools are closed and you're taking care of, and you pick your age of child or multiple children. And some of the schooling was better than others in certain places. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a challenge. and 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 it's not just for children. It's just in general. Anyone can have anxiety just working too many hours. And I think that a lot of us, you know, when we deal with stress, we just go headlong into work. You know, we need something to get our mind off of of the stress the change that this this massive change has on all of us and for many people it's just burying your head in in work and that takes its toll especially when you don't have the break times and the social interactions that we all naturally use to reduce stress so what we did is as i said we had to put some rules in place we had in our case members of our team put together a playbook it was excellent it was really well done by by a number of members across our toronto businesses and uh you know, and it starts lead by example. So I do my best not to book meetings throughout noon, or if I do, it's uh, it's only on an emergency basis with my peers, or or only if that's when clients can do the work.
1: Well, and good but, for uh, you for um for institutionalizing, you know, some some breaks. And I'm really curious because I've heard this from many clients as well that the work about your experience of this work expanding, you know, so that suddenly you know a day that might have been nine to five becomes. You know, six thirty to seven. Why is it? Do you think, in the time of, of COVID and, and in our move to virtual communication, that people find themselves doing more work in this way? What what's the cause of that? That's a great
0: question. Um, my guess—I don't have a definitive answer. I would say it's a combination of some of the things we we're just talking about. I think that that in times of stress, we need something to take our mind off it. So let's work. Let's uh, let's put our head down and and dive into something that's familiar because we're dealing with the unfamiliar and that's hard. I'd say that's part of it. I'd say that uh, in, in, in our case anyway, the, the huge change that's transpired globally over the last four months in almost every industry, some more than others. The organizations need to, all of us need to figure, figure it out. How do we work? How do we help our clients? Who are our clients? Can they pay their bills? You know, and there's a huge, can we pay our bills? You know, do we have the right inputs in, to create the, the, the right amount of outputs? Because the supply and demand curves in many industries have drastically changed. And that has created a huge amount of work for, for everybody and, and particularly people I would say in leadership positions because that's what leadership's all about. When things change, how do you course correct? What are the strategies, plans, actions that you put in place? And, and definitely at first, um, when COVID first hit, you know, we coined a term here at CGI, which we like, uh, and we're using quite regularly and successfully called the three R's, you know, how do we, res- how do we react? How do we respond? And how do we reinvent not just ourselves, but for our clients and react, we were all in react mode. All of our clients required higher bandwidth. Um, In order to deliver services online services just went through the roof at all of the banks and most companies think about amazon how all of us were ordering Mm -hmm. things from amazon that we Mm -hmm. normally go pick up from around the corner you know my part my uh peer here at cgi ramana he runs our bell account and we do huge amounts of work for bell canada well think of the volumes at at bell canada that went through the roof as, as everyone was tripling down on their internet usage as an example especially those of us with teenagers and uh and at the banks you know interact is one of my clients and the email money transfer volume has gone up at least 40% but on the other side the on the other side the the point of sale transactions has gone down by about the same percentage so hmm. our patterns of usage of systems products how we shop how we work have changed so drastically that that all of us have had to react to make sure that we have the capacity and the ability to do this and on the other side unfortunately People in the airline industry and travel industry, they've had to totally reinvent themselves and, and make some really tough choices just to stay solvent. So, I guess the point there is there was so much work to address this change, not just in our business lives, which I just talked about, but also in our personal lives. How do we get our kids to school when the school is at home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? How do we go visit a, you know, some of our, our parents or grandparents in in different facilities, et cetera, when it's tough to do so. So, you know, that change takes its toll. So that's why that's part of the reason why we've all been so busy now that we're learning four and a bit months later, how to deal with this, you know, now it's, it's just more about getting used to this new normal being considerate uh, for all of those that we work with now that we appreciate and understand what it's like to work from home. So I really think it's just going through the change curve and the learning curve and, uh, and I think it's starting, I, I know in at least my case, and, and for many of the people I talk to, things are starting to balance that quite a bit. The next challenge will be, when are we going to the office? Yes. <laughs> and when we do, if and when we go to the office, I, I would say it's a when. Uh, how do we how do we work that into the schedule? Right. You know, what's going to happen with schools in September? There's all sorts of these There's, things that, that we need to plan and, uh, and deal with.
1: And and so you really outline, as you said, even even in your industry where businesses doing well because so many of your clients require your services the way that you're reacting reinventing you know yourselves has placed untold demands on your leaders and and so absolutely right my next question for you you know when you talk about this change curve when you go through a seismic shift the way the world has and the way cgi has what the leaders who shine you know are different right some leaders i'm sure you've had who have suddenly just risen to the challenge, and you thought, "Wow, you yeah, know, this person that brings unique skills that in this world their team is grateful for." And other leaders who may have thrived in the before time may not, you know, do as well in this time. What are the new? What's kind of the new paradigm of leadership that you're uh, seeing as the strongest in this time? That um, yeah, that's a great that's a question.
0: That's a really good question my two cents and my point of view on Mm -hmm. that is um and you know it's funny that you're in the business that you're in and i'm not saying this as a plug because we didn't plan (laughs) this honestly at all listeners i swear we did not plan this talk at all but seriously number one and i wrote this down when i was just putting some thoughts together on uh, because you gave me the topic of course for this talk was and it's true communicate 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 i mean this is all about staying in touch you're only as good as your team you know that that's true and in pre-COVID, post-COVID, during COVID times, you're only as strong as your team. Your team's your number one asset. And especially during these times where we can't be together, And we talked earlier that, that uh, visual communication is more than 50%. You have to communicate, 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 and those who take the time, which is I think the most important part of it, and because time is so limited, as we just talked about, can do it effectively, I think it makes a big difference. I'd say even more important than that is be compassionate. This is tough for all of us. I think every one of us, no matter how how wise or grounded or tough or, or whatever adjective you want to put in there are, it, I think it's hard on all of us. And I think more than ever, this world, the business world, we all need a bit more compassion. Um, because in times of stress, we all you know, all of our, all of our poor traits seem to come out, all of us, you know, when we're under stress. So we just need to, to understand that and be compassionate. And I think that compassion in leadership shines through and people respond to that positively and hopefully pay that forward. So when you combine compassion with communication, I think that becomes quite powerful. And then the last piece that really sets the whole thing off is, uh, you know, make it fun. It's, uh, I, again, we all need a little bit more joy in our life, I think. It's uh, because of the anxiety and, and the change. Although uh, I think I think we're all in a better place four and a half months or four and a bit months from uh, when COVID started than, than, uh, than we were on that basketball announcement day back in March. But, but making it fun. You know, we want, to, we want to be places where we can smile and laugh. And some of those places have been taken away for from many people. You know, the, the hockey rinks for, for the kids or the, the soccer pitches. Um, my daughter really misses soccer and she she really is upset that or was upset that she can't go to camp this summer i mean that's that was very important to her this year at her age and uh, and for us adults you know maybe going to the pub or 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 whatever we like to do you know is is not a, an outlet for us anymore so we have to find other ways to uh, to have fun and fortunately there's a lot of alternatives out there so we just we're just learning different ways to uh to have a good time but uh Compassion, communication, like and making fun, I'd say, would be the three things.
1: And Rick, are there any qualities that you would have 12 months ago held up as, you know, very desirable leaders that now actually have a negative effect?
0: No, I think that's a fair question. No, I think that's a fair question. I think I think, true leadership strengths, long-term leadership traits, I think, hold true in good times or bad. That being said, for as an example, driving for results. You know, so, or someone who just has a very well-oiled team can f- put their focus on driving for results and be very successful. But if they don't actually stop and, and, and take a look around and realize that the time has changed and don't switch their style, then yeah, they will be nowhere near as successful pre-COVID as they are during the COVID. And and, and unfortunately, they might not understand why. Because the, the, the strongest team... You know who could work well together and were well-oiled when things change and you don't take the time to address that change and really understand what's behind it and then communicate and, and and do the right things to, uh, to get your team back in a position to execute like they did before, won't have that same success. I think right. it's a good question.
1: So I'm hearing from you, it's almost like the more empathetic, um, high EQ leadership that's really required. You know, someone who can have have um, appreciation for the different circumstances, create the inclusive environment. It's it's really I'm hearing less about kind of drive, push, you know, execute, and more about take care of the people. Is is that a fair uh, summation of what you're what you're encouraging in people?
0: Yeah, I think so, Bart. I think that I think that the only change I'd make to to how you said that is, I think it all starts with the compassion for the people, hmm. and then the communication. And by doing that, you're able as a team to drive hard for results. Oh. I don't think it works as well the other way. And I think, it, and then you come out of it in a better long-term place. There's a saying that we have here in my division at, at, uh, in CGI, banking and financial services, which is, you know, we have three stakeholders at CGI and I like the balance that the corporation has created. It's a circle. And in the circle, there's three equal sections, one for client, our clients, one for our shareholders and one for our members, our employees. And when we get the balance right, which is why they're three equal parts of the circle, then, then we are at our best. You know, when we can balance those three stakeholders, you know, things work well for all three of them. Hmm. And what we say here in BKS is, is a slight twist on that, but it's the same idea. You know, if we focus on our members, if we empower them, if we can make sure we all have the right training and growth within our careers, and they're happy then our clients are going to be pretty satisfied because mm-hmm. they're getting happy, smart, hardworking people doing work for them. And when you have happy, smart, hardworking people working for a client, the client is willing to do more work with you, possibly even paying a little bit mm-hmm. more money for those people because they want to work with them. Well, when you have a client that's really happy with their services and wanting to do more business, possibly at higher margins, well, then of course your shareholders are happier. But it all starts with a member. You know, Have the best team and make sure that they're, they're empowered and growing and, and doing what they need to do. And all the rest actually takes care of itself. That's uh, that's 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 how we talk things. And during these times, as things changed so much, um, to ensure that you keep those members effective, happy, strong, you got to communicate.
1: I like it, Rick. Rick, I'm going to ask you one last question. You mentioned you know we're, sure. we're starting to look forward to the time when we return to work in some way, the office, I should say, not work. And you know we we're going to go back to some of the ways things that were, but we're also going to keep some of the great things that we've learned, you know, our possibilities and strengths of this new world of working remotely, working through technology. What's the one thing you're most excited to keep from this time?
0: You know, that's an excellent, very interesting question, Bart. I'd say what we keep from this time is you know, the personal side of it, you know, just how we got in a different way to know our clients and our members a little bit deeper. I now know that you have a mini doctrine that likes to climb up a couple stairs and sleep on your bed. And it <laughs> sounds like a, a small little funny anecdote, but it's important. You know, you get to know people a little more. And by getting to know people, I mean, this is every business is a people business, no matter what the technology, mm-hmm. how, how advanced the technology gets, you know, we're a social species and and every business is a people business. And if we can remember that during this time, I got to know more about, you know, your dog, your family, your cottage, and uh, and the same is true for many of my other clients. I got to see them unshaved with hair that stuck up about two feet, and <laughs> instead of in a business suit, in a t-shirt or a golf shirt on a regular basis. You know, I think we all realize that we, each other are human. And if we can keep that lens, not just for those we met during COVID, for, for all future mm-hmm. people we meet, I think, honestly, we'll come out of this in a better place.
1: I, really I like do. it. I like it. You know, never, never let a crisis go to waste. Right. <laughs> you know, I think we no, never we, let a crisis go to waste. Absolutely, We can not. all emerge as, uh, you know, from this time. And I think that's a great positive as with a deeper appreciation for each other, for connection to each other and for appreciation for how, as you said, every business is a people business. Um, so Rick, I, I really appreciate you coming on and and sharing with me, you know, the journey that you've gone through CGI, your lessons and, very, um, and you're kind of also call it a people centric philosophy of leadership. I can see, uh, I can see why you've achieved so much with that mindset. So thanks well, for I sharing. I appreciate
0: it, Bart. Thank you for having me. I was, uh, I very much enjoyed it.
1: I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Rick Davidson. One thing's clear, six months into COVID, how we have to inspire has irrevocably changed. But I think what's also clear is that there are unique opportunities for leaders to connect with their people, to be empathetic, to bridge that gap of personal and professional in a way that can bring people up and even have them perform in a more authentic and connected way. There's th- ways to think about that. There are new tools to fuel engagement. And we at the Humphrey Group are hard at work tackling exactly what that means. So. Stay connected with us, be on our LinkedIn, be on our Facebook. We're going to be releasing content for you to support your ability to inspire and lead and amplify the kind of leadership you show in today's virtual world. Thanks for joining me for the Inspire Podcast.